Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Lital show. I'm Lital. Uh, back with us yeah. for another recording is our daughter Leah. Leah, how's Hello. it going? I'm good. Still in school? Yes. So you're joining Abba and I to see what we do in our free time. Yeah. Abba is dead in Hebrew. Yes. That's how we call yes. Abba and Ima. Not Did- dead. Dad. Dead means... <laughs> <laughs> Pronunciation, ma'am. Pronunciation. Words I mean, matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the fact that I don't do the Zohan is... Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I am uh, in Lake Placid. And, by the way, the back of my shirt is... I, I, I'll, I'll share this because it's funny. This shirt? Oh, we can oh, hardly see. We can hardly yeah. see. There is a... It's kind I'm, of funny. The shirt blends into the background. It says I'm barely awake with a bear holding a coffee mug because you know how much I like that is, that is definitely you 1,000%, Abba. Exactly. Oh, and I'm in Lake Leah. <laughs> Do you know what happened in Lake Placid in 1980? I think I heard you and Ima talking about this yesterday, wasn't there? Though? Oh, it's when called it Miracle on Ice. By the way, there are two videos that every every person needs to see. One is the movie a- with, with Kurt Russell. <laughs> From 2004, about Kurt Russell playing Herb Brooks, the coach of the U.S. team. Oh, is it is it hockey? Something yes, hockey. a hockey U.S. team of college graduates beat. Yes, USA was the biggest miracle where college team beat the best team in the world, the Russian army team. What was, year was I mean, this? 1980, the Winter Olympics. That, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was way going. before I was born. Yes, it was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. and Lake Placid is basically built around the story of that Olympic. There's a museum oh. for this. I went to the 1980 rink. Dave, if you want, I'll I'll send you a couple of pictures over email please because go, the, the there's the names of all the 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 team. players that, that the team all the players in that team their names and numbers are around there. Uh, Mike Arizioni has many a store. Many, sorry, Didi. Many from Boston. Yes, and Leah. Mm-hmm. I think a couple from Northeastern. Oh, yes. yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yep. There's even I think yeah. there's even like a plaque for one of them in in like the, the, in, in the Huskies rink. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Did you go with Omri or alone? I no, I went alone. I, I'm here because of Omri's tournament. <laughs> so you and the whole tur- yeah. the whole tournament is dedicated for that. So the kids, yeah. our kids, are playing with the U.S. the jerseys. Everything is. Uh, that explains. I, I was wondering, you know, why do they have those jerseys? <laughs> yes. what, so the everything, red? everything, uh, everything, everything here is in the theme of that win. What about the Canadian teams coming to the tournament? Oh, there's a. Canadian... Oh, there, there, there are Canadian teams coming to the tournament. I think we're playing one this afternoon. Hey, yes. good. 
Yes, they're always good. Okay. Yes. And so two movies. One is the 90, the 2004 movie with Kurt Russell. Everybody needs to watch that. And another one, Dave, I don't know if you saw it. It's called about men and miracles, miracles and men. I have uh, not. From 3030 about the the Russian team's side. Oh, yeah. Maybe I did see that documentary. Yes. Documentary. Yeah. yeah. Both of them. Amazing. Must shows. I'll put them in the links to the show. Must, must, must watch. But that kind of drives having watching all this hockey togetherness is the theme for our talk. And this is, by the way, why I'm introducing this and not Lethal because hockey is near and dear to me. A week ago, two teams, one in a not sport, boring as shit, cricket. So the South African cricket team decided to let go of their captain, their under-20 captain, who is Jewish, under the guise of security. But cricket, as we know, is a not sport, and nobody cares about cricket. But the other one that was a lot more meaningful, at least in my view, is the IAHF. The IIHF said that for security reasons, by the way, both IIHF, for those that yeah. don't know the what acronym, is, what is the that? International Ice Hockey Federation, which okay. is based out of Zurich, which again, not a real country. It's just a big bank. So <laughs> Zurich is in Switzerland. So yeah. yes. So Zurich, Switzerland, big bank, not a lot of anything else. They've, the, the headquarters is there. The head of the federation is a guy called Luke Tardif. And I had to explain to your mom that Luke Tardif is a very common Quebec name. Because okay. I said, oh, it's from Quebec. And she said, how do you know that? I said, it's like Moshe Cohen in Israel. Or like... So, exactly. So they've decided to block the Israeli team because of security reasons. That the women and men teams from participating in... in World Championships. On World Championships tournaments. Yeah. Yes. The team in Israel? Yeah. Okay. And, Israel I in think, and I think this is, this is team Israel in hockey. Yes. Yes. They lost to the MIT B team. Okay. So we, we brought the goalie, his goalie bag when we visited Israel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. So the grandma there, is, there, there is a <laughs> monster. <laughs> there is an okay. Israel t- hockey team. That's Omri's only chance to play on a team after he turns older than 18. And be in the Olympics. It's amazing. Exactly. So there is, there is an Israel team. And the, the, the thing about this, and the reason I'm bringing this up is not actually politics. It's actually one of the, th- the near and dear themes from my heart. It's blaming security and using security as a fig leaf to not tackle real problems. Because in my view, if the IHF didn't actually want the Israeli team there, they should have taken a strong step like they did against Russia and Belarus by excluding them from championship when Russia invaded Ukraine and take a political step and not hide behind the guise of security. And this happens in our business all the time. And this one was even adding insult to injury because it had such a bad marketing message. It had such a bad marketing message because the way that the message was crafted, and it's clearly that it was crafted by some French-speaking bureaucrat, because in English, it means as if the Israeli team presents a hazard to the other players 
on the ice. By the way, in, in hockey, uh, in, in hockey, the, by the way, if you don't know, you're supposed to hit the other team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you missed it, it's a violent sport. You're supposed to hit the other team. It's part so, of the risk of actually playing. Yeah. Exactly. You have people skating at 30 miles an hour with, with sharp knives on their feet, hitting each other with sticks. I think it's safe to say that that's... Like- The team, the Israeli team is actually so violent. I mean, it, it's not, uh, exactly. It, it came out as if the Israeli team is violent or mm-hmm. problematic. And and this is kind of where the, the, the whole thing was a debacle. It was such a debacle that the NHL basically said that, hey, we want real clarifications from you. Gary Bateman himself actually took it and said, I actually want to understand what security risk you're dealing with. He's the head of NHL. He's the head of the NHL. He said, I, I want to understand what you're talking about because it could be that this is a problem for other places. It could be, a, do you have any concrete risks? Do you have any concrete alerts? Because it came out sounding very scary. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think we need to talk on this talk about how to, sometimes people use security to avoid doing things that they don't want to do. And put it as you put out this scary message, there is a security threat, so let's not do it without giving an explanation of what it is, what can be done to mitigate it. I think that the thing that, and, and I'll continue using the metaphor and then we'll, we'll move about what happens in... Our day-to-day lives. Yeah, I mean, um, I... I, I read and listened to the response of Yael Arad, which is the head of the Olympics, the Israeli Olympics Committee. She's an ex-judoka, won silver medal in the Olympics. She said, well, you... I used to practice with her, by the way. She used to she practice in my, in, my, in my gym in Tel Aviv. Admirable woman. She said, well, if you are running a tournament, you already understand the security landscape of the tournament. If there is a specific risk, let's say terror risk, yeah. uh, you need to address it, address it with local authorities. For example, if it is a concern about protecting the team, you can ask the government of Israel to support yeah. additional security for the team if that's the risk. If there is a risk about fights between players, You can ascertain that everybody understands the rule and yeah. they're not going to be violent. Uh, uh, This is why the refs are on the ice. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so she was like, those risks need to be mitigated, need to be discussed, because otherwise it's just, as you said, it's a way to hide your political motivations and it's not really a security issue. Yeah. And this is where... I think it comes to our industry back again. When we talk, to, talk about security, security risk, security and compliance and, and compliance. privacy and all the rules that we have, because we have a lot of rules in our industry. And the, my thoughts around this is, first, is are you geared towards action? Or just so, what's stopping things from happening. happening. Exactly. Because it's really easy to hide behind security, as Yela was saying. Hey, talk to us. If you're geared towards action, if you want to let us in, 
we can give you money. We can after the we can give you we can give you staffing. We can give you solutions. We can find because everything eventually in security relates to money. No matter how you'll play it with this, eventually translates into money. And then it needs basically to be... an investment in tech, in human beings, in attention, building a program, understanding uh, yes, exactly. So I'll give you an example of a legitimate use of security and privacy to avoid. So when we were ort, Matt will remember this, a customer from India was engaging with us. And I said to the team, "Hey, team, please be aware." That if we plan to engage with this with that customer, especially once we understood their posture, I said, "We need to be aware that a you can't get identities out of India. We need to have something that runs they have their own GDPR equivalent exactly they have their own GDPR equivalent, so we need to have a a data center there. They have specific requirements around i p addresses and what can you do with i p addresses and how to store them and how to and how how do you store personal information. So our lawyers need to be engaged. We need to have our ops team engaged. We have to do this. This is going to be the cost. And are we willing to incur those costs for a single customer? And are we seeing growth in this market? Because one of the things that I recommend, by the way, for every single Israeli startup that know nothing about privacy, and eventually I do want to bring in a privacy lawyer to have this discussion, is start selling in North America market and don't deal with EU don't deal with India don't deal with Australia because of the size of the market and the simplicity of selling into that exactly exactly and what's the cost of doing business in that region yeah so, so for their taking compliance under consideration and deciding as a business decision that an X amount of dollars of transaction is not worth the incurring cogs and continuous engagement with policy practices like it Sometimes you actually need to hire to deal with some of these markets. You need to ha- hire a dedicated person in those market who is a specialist to deal with these things. So sometimes it's one of those things that you need to understand and learn the landscape. Very much like in this case, you need to engage with, I think it's happening in Belgrade, engage with their local police, see if they're geared to deal with these things. If not, engage with somebody else who is geared to deal with these things. But have an open and transparent conversation. The other part is oh, you go. <laughs> is messaging. I'm, I'm completely on my soapbox on this one. Message when you deal with security must never be FUD. It cannot explain to Leah what is FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and what's the D? I'm forgetting. Doubt. 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 Yeah. This is a term in security where I throw out something that says, "Hey, you can't go on this street because somebody will get murdered mm-hmm. oh, or you can't creating bombs yes exactly okay. bomb scares okay so creating things like fear and certainty and doubt is the worst thing because those are not addressable yeah, you don't know where you don't know when it's all about a feeling of chaos something yeah. bad is going to happen. We cannot address it, mm-hmm. um, so we should do nothing. We should stay home, not go to school, not go somewhere. What, like if someone like sends you like a threat or something? Like that. He creates FUD. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. So I'm saying that, that creating the, that message of having 
that message that was laced with fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD versus addressing a specific topic by saying, we've got a threat that re- or a series of threats that related to these events. Or other teams have raised the concern that the, that their players might create friction between the Israeli team and the non-Israeli team because of the politics. The things, if you specify why things can happen, like the case of understanding that you need to have a privacy lawyer, understanding that you need to comply with this list of rules, understanding that you need to handle certain specific things. And that happens all the time. When people create, like we can't, somebody wants to launch a website and the business says we can't because we'll be hacked and this will cause a problem. Most of the time, uh, like in the speed song, the things that actually hack you are never things that you actually plan for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you not address those things in a coherent way, you don't understand your threat landscape. So I want to say something about, I think in general, we are heading in some areas in the right direction. And I'll explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, I participated in a Zoom call with an analyst from Morgan Stanley, which covers the security, the, the public security market. And he talked about trends and what's coming up um, in cybersecurity and, and what we're facing. He's by the way, very optimistic about where the market is going. And we can have an episode to talk more about that. But it's really interesting. He thinks that unlike the cloud adoption, that was very slow, slower than expected. It took a while. And it the slow adoption was partially due to the hurdle of going from legacy infrastructure to rebuilding your infrastructure on the cloud, which is a real thing, plus a lot of FUD around the security of it and, and the need to build the whole cloud security practice. He thinks we're not going to see the same trend happening with generative AI LLM models adoption just because the opportunity for the business on one hand, and the huge risk of all industries now being disrupted if they don't integrate LLMs, AI, into the day-to-day operations, that security will no longer be able to hold back the business. He said that at the moment, every Fortune 5,000 companies is asking, where are we putting AI to help us move forward. There is no single company that, and CISOs and CIOs are leading those discussions. They have a seat in the table, an important seat. And the expectations from the business leadership is to say yes, to give clear guidance, to build policies, to bring transparencies of how we do it and what is the timeline Versus there is no no, there is no delay. There is what's the roadmap? Where are we going to start? Usually they're going to start with customer support or, or marketing and sales, which is easy. And they'll use off the shelf tools from uh, ServiceNow tools, Salesforce tools, whatever. But it will go and move into R&D and the core of the business. So 
I, I heard that, and that was exactly, I was thinking we should bring it because it feels like security, at least in, in supporting this business transformation that is ahead of us, will have to adopt, will have to give a detailed plan. Oh, we lost Didi. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did we? I think he just no, lost. Uh, I'm recording from my hotel room, and housekeeping just came in. Oh, okay. So, how so, so, uh, so, can go back saying, no, no, no. I heard everything. I just okay. went off camera, but it's okay. I, 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 I can, I can multitask. Oh, just, so let me finish this point. I think that the business needs to move forward and the huge risk of, of full industries being completely disrupted and go away, which will happen anyhow with any transformation like that. We will see this. Some businesses will evaporate. With that, there will be no more room for excuses of we cannot do it because it's a risk. They will have to say, yes, we can do it. But here are the frameworks we need to put around it. And this is a great place for us in cybersecurity industry to come in and pave the road, enable that. So it could be that we'll see this leap. And I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. uh, hiding behind a blank, it's not secure, and let's not do anything and have paralysis analysis is no longer a thing. And for sure, shouldn't be a thing in sports. Mm -hmm. Yes. And one more thing, and I'll bring us back to the sports element. The thing that is really infuriating is Nelson Mandela, one of the, his biggest claim was that sport is the big unifier because it's a clear meritocracy. Yeah. The faster runner will always be the faster runner. Mm -hmm. The best swimmer will always be the best swimmer. And athletes very fast go into the path of adopting other athletes because everybody that is an athlete wants to win. You want yeah. the best player on your team to win. Omri. Yes, of course. That That's the point. That people that want to win don't care about anything. And this is where I'm so annoyed about the, the politics. And by the way, when you're saying about security and cloud adoption, one more thing, Omri doesn't listen and I need to tell him again that he needs the carpool. Okay. Well, in the meantime, yeah. well, you're taking care of him carpooling. Yes. Uh, Leah, mm -hmm. what do you think about the topic? Do you feel like people use security as a excuse yes. for not doing things? Yes. Have you seen it in real life? Well, this story was an example, but Do you feel this happens in school a lot? I don't know. I don't know necessarily, but I do think... you feel there is an excuse? Sometimes people say not feeling safe is an yes, excuse yes, for a, a lot thousand, of things. A thousand percent. Like I think with like the graffiti and everything at our school, I think people use like that as an excuse. Like people just like they're like, oh, I understand that this makes people feel unsafe, and then they don't do anything. They just suspend the kid for a few days and oh they're not it. allowed to suspend anyone they're not allowed to just in massachusetts the schools are not allowed to suspend the kid okay unless then they, that's they a, use drugs that's an even bigger problem then because that kid doesn't learn a lesson and maybe that's why there's so much graffiti at our school because the school the 
all the student get is like, oh, no, you shouldn't do this. And the kid is not going to listen to their principal. Like, okay, unless there's actual consequences. Okay. Yes. Well, the, the, un, the, the unsafe. We're in a different area now. Yes, yeah, but the unsafe. <laughs> the, but this is actually a good topic to, to deal with the, the fake. A graffiti doesn't make the kids feel unsafe. unsafe. Just, you're, you're still safe. Nothing happens yeah, to exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. It's just that I feel it's uns- a hate symbol. I, I feel yes. unsafe about how the school is reacting to this. That's yeah. how well, the, and I And I feel unsafe when a teacher says that, well, drug dealers die in uh, Dorchester all the time. And, and, and what's so bad about rape? That that's uh that that's things that make me feel unsafe. Didi, uh, before we conclude, do you want to yeah. add anything to the topic? Yes, I think one of the things that we've we can learn from this show, the Leah and Lital show, I think this is something that people can learn how to embrace and see the the huge backlash because this is visible. And understand that this is something that is continue ask themselves where do they see this happening in their world? Where are people spreading fud and to prevent forward motion? And I have advice that is critical. So one of the things that I've seen people do a lot of times is attack head on. And a lot of times attacking head on, and that's by the way, my default. Action as I'm, I'm very held back and never attack and, and never aggressive. But actually, this one of the things that I've learned to take back and learn is that the right way to deal with this is the Socratic method is to deal with the five whys or deal with root cause analysis. Start asking why. And when the other side either not is not responsive like the IHF was, or gives back answers that are clearly not well thought of, that's when you can start proving to the rest of the system that this is a mistake. On the other hand, if you go through the Socratic method and bring in numbers and business value into this discussion, now you can start quantifying versus qualifying and turn this into a quantitative discussion of this is not unsafe or safe. This is not a security problem or not a security problem. It's a the cost of a different hotel, the cost of a security group, the cost of having another referee on the ice to keep an eye on things or keep what is called an eye in the sky ref to deal with the problems. These things address quantitative solutions. Basically, quantify the risk and the alternative. With a number. And if you can't quantify the risk with a number, and when you have the the Socratic method of discussion of why is this a problem? Why was this done? Is there a problem with merits? Is there bias with whomever deals with these things? And this is, I think, is an important element of this. And the other thing that I wanted to kind of bring back into this conversation is the the reaction to these things. A lot of times these things bring visceral reactions. So for example, Lital had a very visceral reaction. She said, they're a bunch of anti-Semites, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, more likely than not, or then there was also the 
the Qatari paying money, the Russians, and I'm thinking more likely than not, it's a low-level bureaucrat, which a lot of times this is what happens, at least in the security space. It's somebody at the senior manager or the director level has cold feet or is dealing with a problem that they don't know how to quantify. And they're too scared to ask for help. And then what they do is they scare everybody up. And if you understand that you're dealing with humans and not a big system, those that Socratic method a lot of times helps you find the relevant person and start asking the right questions. And if it is anti-Semitism, if it is a financial lubrication problem, now it becomes visible because the 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 way that the question the answer to the questions will go into vagueness versus go into the I'm eventually somebody will say I'm scared I I, I don't know what to do with this and ask for help if that's the reason if it's not I think the public pressure especially coming from yeah. NHL actually exposed that there was no real security threat and the good news is is and and Israel was actually already filed a suit um against the IHF and the good news is that they decided to cancel this decision and bring back the team and hopefully this stays like that there are other more junior teams that are about to play in the future and this should also be pressed the the real worry is that other sports will Would follow uh, so this is really important that it's taken I appreciate the fact that you became the one that gives people a slack and see the good side of them I really no, I just assume that I just assume that they're stupid and lazy yeah and so the not changed I think that public pressure, including you and I, like posting about it and, and the, uh, sending it to people. They don't know, want a bad reputation. They don't want a bad reputation, but actually it raised those important questions of specify the threat, specify yeah. the concern. Let's see, maybe Jewish community can donate money to help reduce the risk and alleviate the, the security concern, the cost of it. So I think... With that, we can conclude for today. We'll pick up Omri from the rink because he wants to eat in a more expensive place because he doesn't like the catered food. Oh, this kid <laughs> is a fine schmecker. Um, <laughs> yes, do you agree, Leah? This kid is spoiled. Like you. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining the Didi and Lital show. Those were real-life experience from hockey and at how you applied for everything. including security. We hope you liked us. We hope you join us next week. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. Hopefully, Leah will not be here next time because she will be in school. Yeah, fingers crossed. We will see. If you want her to join again, <laughs> please let us know. Have a great rest of your week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.